Every business should have access to high-speed internet, no matter where they are. But getting fast speeds in rural Canada hasn't always been easy, which meant less reliability, scalability, and connectivity. ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions has the network to help you do business virtually anywhere in Canada. With extensive fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite networks, we're bringing the high speeds of the big city to small towns, to tiny towns, and even no towns. No matter your business size or location, get connected today with ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions. Are you ready to clear a new path? Welcome to Clearing a New Path podcast, a space for the underrepresented voices of women entrepreneurs in rural Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Ray. Each episode, guests will speak authentic truth because it's the truth that connects us. Each one inspires us all to take up space within our own communities and within the business world, reminding us that each path can be messy and unique. Join us on the journey, clearing a new path. Snowden is a 28-year-old competitive athlete turned entrepreneur from Moncton, New Brunswick. Kelly has competed in five Canadian ringette championships, the Canada Winter Games in Halifax in 2011, and was a part of three seasons of the National Ringette League with the Atlantic Attack. Kelly has three sisters, Jessica, Jenny, and Brittany, and ringette has been a big part of the family for two decades. It has molded them into an extraordinary and unique family, thanks to their incredibly supportive parents, Rupert and Janice. In Kelly's last season, her team won the 2018 National Championship in Winnipeg, Manitoba, with all three of her sisters on the same team. It was the first and the last time all four sisters played on the same ringette team. In Kelly's professional life, she started out as a server at the age of 19, but she quickly realized this wasn't going to be her lifelong career. Her second job was working as a childcare educator, working weekends and weekdays. But this position took Kelly's passion and energy as her employer was verbally and mentally abusive. After work, all Kelly could do was sleep because her work drained every ounce of energy, leading her to quit all sports and her social life. Kelly's partner suggested she take a sick leave, and Kelly went to get help for her mental health, her doctor diagnosing her with severe depression, anxiety, and PTSD from the toxic work environment. After a long fight with compensation, Kelly had to find a way to make an income. Her partner encouraged her to rediscover her true passion, sports, and Dugout Sports Training Facility was born. 
What motivates Kelly every day is knowing that not only herself, but her coaches too, make a difference in the lives of athletes that come through dugouts doors. Sharing their love for the game and knowledge is rewarding. Okay, Kelly, where do you hail from? Where in rural or remote Canada are you? Um, so I'm in a, in a maritime province uh, called Moncton, New Brunswick. We're probably one of the well-known uh, cities in New Brunswick. Well, how did your personal and professional life lead you to becoming an entrepreneur? I started working at a daycare and my boss was very toxic and he would call anyone from fat to stupid on a daily basis and he would just put you down all the time. So it was very like toxic and my depression and anxiety started to get worse and worse to the fact where I stopped almost everything. Like I was a, I was an athlete. I played Canada games. I played national regatta league. My energy levels dropped and I stopped doing what I loved. And that's when my boyfriend was like, you know what? You need to go get help because this isn't normal and you need to go stop working, go fight this because this isn't right. So after a long battle with compensation, when they were saying that, Mental abuse isn't considered traumatic, which I disagree with, but this kind of led to where I'm at today. My boyfriend and I, after getting help, uh, he pushed me in the right direction to open up my own indoor batting cage and sports facility. You have a long history and a family, a sport, you come from a sporting family. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? (laughs) So I have three sisters and we all play ringette. So we've been playing since we were young. Uh, My dad built a rink in the backyard. We would play like, so between me and the youngest, there's six years apart. Then I have another older sister who's two years apart and one after me is three years apart. So there's kind of, so we would play in the backyard. Like we would play ring out. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't care how old they were. We would just play and push them around. Yeah. So that kind of led to where, where we're at today. We kind of, you know, we love the sport. We practice all year round. You know, we trained, um, my sister and I, we went to 2011 Canada Winter Games together. Um, she also, my older sister also went to the 2007 Canada Winter Games in Yukon. Then my, the one after me, Jenny, she went to Canada Winter Games. And my sister, my youngest sister actually went to two Canada Winter Games as well. They also played Team Canada. I had a, a benign tumor on my toe. So I wasn't able oh. to, I was out for a full season. Um, and then I just had really bad luck with seasons because people around here, like it's so small compared to like Ontario and Quebec. So unfortunately I wasn't able to get that experience due to those circumstances, but I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world because we did end up winning 2018 national ringette championships in Winnipeg. So congratulations. That's amazing. So good. Um, and I think at one point, did you not all three sisters play on the same team? Yeah, all, all four of us, we did play on the same team. Um, and that was the first and last year, actually, that we played together. And it was it's a funny story because my grandfather passed away the year before, but all of our numbers end in sevens. So we have or have a seven in it. So 17, 77, 7, 97, and 71. And um, my grandfather passed away February 7, 2017, at the age of 77. So wow. we actually won the year after. And we all, at the end, when we all huddled together, we were like, this is for Papa. You know, he wanted us. He was our mm-hmm. biggest supporter. So it was a special moment. Oh, wow. That is a great story. <laughs> 
and that was just before, well, a year before COVID happened, right? Like a, yeah, just about before. a year and a half. Yeah. When did you start with your, your training facility? I started actually last year in May. When I found out my sick leave was en- was ending and I couldn't get compensation, there was no way that I could accumulate money. My boyfriend kind of helped me out and we decided to, he used to own a CrossFit. It was empty and we started hitting in there every day. Just had like a little net and tees. So we hit in there every day and then we'd work out as well. Then once that happened, he's like, you need to find something that you want to do for the rest of your life. And I said, he had joked honestly about opening a batting cage before and I was, I didn't take it seriously. And then he was like, and then I was like, well, I do like that idea. And so we kind of, it literally took, I think it was in February and then in May we we opened. It was that fast and it kind of, we just kind of went with it and it wasn't a lot of, you know, stress or whatever. Well, it was stress, but not as much as, you know, you, when you plan something big and, you know, so it was, it was quick and, and good. And so did you use that CrossFit facility or how did you find a place? I mean, I can't even imagine because you've got two sports going and yeah. why don't you explain the facility? Talk about that. So the facility, I have two indoor batting cages and I also have synthetic ice. So we do anything from training baseball, softball, ringette and hockey. So yeah, so we do one-on-ones. You can do go, go with your family and friends or fun. You can just kind of go in for winter to practice so that you know your bat's not rusty at the, the beginning of the year. Rant, we did some one-on-ones to kind of show them like to get their harder shot. A lot, of, a lot of the times with the synthetic ice, the younger kids, they have a hard time with it because it's not, it's very similar once you get the hang of it, but you're relying so much when you skate on your toe, like for that edge to push off. And then here you can't dig into the ice. So it's a little bit different, but once you get, once you get the hang of it, it's good. But I remember, remember when I first got it, I tried it and it literally felt like Bambi on ice because I wasn't expecting, you know, I was so dependent on that front edge where I couldn't dig in. But um, so we, we focus more on, on feet first. And then once they get the hang of that, you know, cause I want to make sure that they understand the game. Cause a lot of the, a lot of the hockey parents who go coach for at, which if it wasn't for them, you know, they probably wouldn't have a team, but they're coaching more of a hockey style, which I don't agree with. So I kind of want to get them to understand the full game. It's about possession. It's not, it's not, it's not a dump and chase game where a lot of hockey players, you dump and chase it. You dump the, if you dump the ring, you just basically, you, you might as well just say, here, here's the ring. I don't want it kind of thing. Yeah. So it's all about possession. You have 30 seconds with the shot clock, kind of understanding those rules. And then we also work on getting their shot harder. I know I've worked with a few girls and they went up like 10 miles per hour um, uh-huh. just in one session. So it's a lot of getting your body into it. And so it was, it was, a, it was, it was it's a lot of fun to do. Are you filling up? Are you getting lots of um, attention and, you know, all that good stuff? We were filling up. Unfortunately, we had to go. Our lease ended and we had put an offer down and she wanted basically 16 grand up front. And we were like, we can't do that. We're a small business. So now we're in the looks for a new facility. However, we are doing still doing stuff outside, still doing one on one, still, you know, coaching uh we actually went to oramukta which is by Fredericton, to coach eight girls and we drove up there and you know gave them a practice three-hour practice you know i do it because i love it <laughs> i say i'm like the worst entrepreneur because i if i could <laughs> i would do this for free 
But unfortunately, I have bills to pay, you know, because I love it so much. I want to see the, the young girls, you know, succeed because that's what I grew up on. And I know the passion. I know the desire, you know. I want them to get better. And around here, because we're so such a small province, we can't compete with the other provinces. So I want to be able to get them to where they are at. And we never had this as a kid. So I want to be able to give back and, you know, let them know that it takes a lot of hard work and dedication. But if you want to do it, you can. I think that's a really important thing to talk about is in rural communities, we're at a disadvantage because that we don't have the coaches and the training facilities and all of those things that, and, and, you know, money too, that has a a lot to do with it. Buying the equipment, buying the coaching, you know, driving to a bigger city like Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver. And what you're doing is kind of revolutionary, really. You're creating an opportunity for people in a smaller province, in smaller communities, to actually get the training to get them at the level of competition. When I played National Ringette League, our closest ringette game, we were three provinces put together, so PEI, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick. Yeah. Our closest away game was Montreal. So we had to travel all the way to Montreal. Like We traveled so much. Um, you play like four games, three games a weekend. They would come here, you know, we'd go there and, you know, go to Calgary, to Calgary one year, Toronto the next, you know, it's a lot of traveling. So I want to be able to, you know, spread, be able to have more girls to be able to compete, you know, so it's not that much of a travel because it's a lot of, it's a lot of damage on the pocket, really. So maybe eventually we'll have more teams around here to compete. But right now it's, it's a work in progress. What's the pinnacle in, in ringette? For hockey, it's the NHL. So what is the highest level for ringette in Canada? Team Canada, but also National Ringette League, where, where I played. Yeah. Um, so that's basically like the NHL for ringette, uh, for, for ringette, except we have to pay to play. Yeah. So it's very frustrating being a girl just because of those facts where, you know, you have to pay to play. Everything com- comes out of your pocket. You have to fundraise. Where the guys, you know... They make uh, the queue and they get stuff paid for, games paid for and whatever. And here we are working our butts off to kind of compete and we have to pay. So again, being a girl is very frustrating, but I'm hoping this will change in the years to come. I think you bring up a good point about you having to pay. So if you are traveling from Atlanta, Canada to Montreal, your closest away game, then you're paying for that travel, right? Like you're paying. Everything's out of pocket. Oh. Or fundraising, yep. So, and then plus, so, if you win playoffs, you go to nationals. So it depends. It's a it's and it's a week long tournament. So you're away for a week, and you know you're not working. Um, some of us, you know, we have some. Some of us are students. Some of us, you know, work. I was a server working, serving tables. You know, playing at. So that's a week pay that I don't get. So how do we change that? What are the things that that need to change in order for women uh, in ringette specifically to be able to be paid? And do we need to raise the awareness and, and raise sponsors for the sport? You know, like what what's required, do you think? See, I've talked, I play a slow pitch co-ed and I've talked to a lot of men and they yeah. say that they wouldn't watch girls sports. So that's kind of where that comes from. But Ringette's such a fast game. It's faster than hockey. 
Yeah. It's a nicer game. We skate a lot better than hockey players because we're so low on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, you can ask any dad around here where you can tell the ringette players from the hockey players because of how they skate. Um, we're nicer skaters, smoother skaters. So I think it's just to get the awareness out that, you know what, come watch a game. Come watch a hockey. Because they're, they're used to seeing like house league games or, you know, games where it's not very competitive. But if you go watch the NRL, it's fast. It's super fast. And it, people are impressed by it. But they won't go out of their way to go, to go, show, to go watch it. And that's kind of the point where we're at. It's like, well, why don't you give it a try? Why don't you come watch it? But to convince a guy that ringette's actually a better sport, <laughs> in my opinion, because it's a lot faster, it's hard. <laughs> is ringette a, a, an Olympic sport? And my apologies that I don't know. That. No, it's no, not. No, it's not. Because okay. there's not very many, pro- there's not very many countries. So right now, when they go to Worlds, like my sisters went to Worlds, they do like exhibition games, like two exhibition games against Finland. And then it's best two out of three against Finland because the other countries can't compete. So there is Sweden, there is Czech, there is us um i think there's another country i don't remember what, what it is but yeah they, they go on their own pool and they compete for whatever but right now the two top countries in the world is finland and canada so trying to get bring it out there it's it's difficult for sure once we Sorry. get more countries i believe we it might be a start to getting into the olympics but as of right now it's just not enough countries. Let me ask you this as kind of devil's advocate. So why don't you play hockey? <laughs> I cried when I was 10 years old to go on the ice because ringettes, they're different rules. So there's offside in hockey. Ringette, there's not. You have to be in front of the play to cross the blue line to get a pass. And I was always, you know, ahead. I was always getting offside. And I was, oh, and I was like, I don't like it because I'm so much faster than the play. And so I didn't like it, and I stuck to ring it. I did try it. My parents did put me in hockey. My parents put me in every sport to figure out what I wanted to do. They put me in gymnastics, tap dancing, you know, t-ball, which I only started, like, really loving the sport at softball. I'd play one year on, one year off in t-ball, but I'd be picking flowers in the outfield because the guys would not throw to us. So Mm. they're like, where's Kelly? Oh, she's out there. Nope, don't worry. That's kind of why I didn't play is because I was so ahead of the play and I was always offside and I didn't understand why. Now let's go back to being an entrepreneur. What barriers have you faced? Like what obstacles have you faced being a female entrepreneur? I get this all the time where it's like, because I'm a sports training facility, they think I'm a guy. So I'll be messaging them. They're like, thanks man. And whatever. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. I can't wait for you to come in and see that I'm a girl. <laughs> um, they just assume right off the bat that I'm a guy just just do just because I, I'm in a sports, you know, business and world. But or, you know, you get where I swing just as hard as some of the guys in slow pitch. And I've always been a power hitter in softball. And I go and I say, I, well, I can teach your kid how to hit. Oh, no, we prefer a baseball player. <gasps> I was like, okay. <laughs> A good swing is a good swing. doesn't matter if I'm a guy or a girl. It's the same thing. So having that, it's a little bit challenging just because the fact that they think because I'm a girl, I don't know how to do things. I starting this, starting my business, I actually started, you know, really looking into the swing and really understanding the swing, looking at videos and I can point out right away what you're doing wrong. And I think that's kind of cool just, just because of my business that this kind of happened. So what has being an entrepreneur done for you personally? I had to grow up 
you know, I'm 28. People are still trying to figure out what to do in their life. It made me grow up and realize, you know, okay, the world's kind of tough, like, you know, budgeting, you know, better and just being able to present myself and being, you know, having to, to kind of grow up and being able to present yourself more professional and whatever, just because like, I'm a kid at heart, you know, I've always been my defense mechanism is sarcasm and and jokes. So I kind of had to like get out of that and be more professional and, you know, be learn how to be a grown up, basically. What advice would you give somebody who is in perhaps a toxic work situation uh, like you experienced? It took a lot of courage for you to go and get get help. What would you say to folks listening that, you know, might be in that situation? Don't wait. As soon as you realize, get out, because now I suffer from PTSD, uh, severe depression and severe anxiety due to it. I still have, you know, nightmares of him yelling at me, you know, vivid dreams. Uh, my night schedule is all messed up. I sleep, you know, three hours on, three hours off. So get out right away because the long-term effects suck. It's it's a big struggle and dealing with it every day. I mean, I've, I've gotten a lot better because before I wouldn't be able to go into a store without my boyfriend or somebody by my side because I was so anxious to run into him, you know. So go get help right away. Don't take the chance of, oh, no, it'll get better because it won't. You can't change somebody. You can't, you know, I I went to my manager and said, the way he's treating us isn't right. She's like, yeah, I know, but you can't change him. Just get out of there. Focus on you because at the end of the day, he can replace you. You can't be replaced. Who inspires you? My boyfriend, actually. My boyfriend's actually 51 years old. Um, we have a little bit of, bit of an age gap and everyone kind of thinks it's a little weird, but he changed me for the better. He actually has, he has no nerve signal going down from his, from his right side. So he basically doesn't have a calf muscle, but he does, you know, sports, still sports today. He still works out. He still goes to the gym. He's lucky to walk, but he plays softball with us, you know, just seeing that, you know, being hurt and being injured, you know, there's, you don't quit. (laughs) So he inspires me every day and I'm proud of him. What's next for you? We want to eventually get bigger, eventually go up to four, maybe potential tunnels, have multiple sports. You know, we want to be able to give back to the community. You know, we also want to try and go to charity to kind of reach out and be like, you know, for mental health, because I'm a big advocate for mental health. You know, I want, I don't want people to suffer. It's hard, especially when you're alone, trying to deal with it and trying to figure out why am I not normal? Why am I, why am I feeling like this? You know, to have an outlet, to have a spot where they can come and feel safe. So we kind of want to be able to give back to charity and, you know, raise awareness for mental illness as well. And what about female entrepreneurs that are listening that are a little bit nervous about like you, you know, thinking, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to make money? You know, I want to pursue something that I'm passionate about. What, what advice would you give them? Um, like Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the chances you don't take. So go for it. You know, I was nervous too. I was like, oh my gosh, like, but I really, I'm really stubborn and I really wanted this. And I bug my boyfriend every day. He's like, you wanted this, you know, you got to, Cause there's obstacles that we went through and he's like, you know what? You wanted this. You're the one that wanted this. You need to suck it up and you need to do it. So just go out and do it. You know, take the risk, take the chances because you never know. You, you won't know until you try. You might regret, you know, if you don't try, like what, what would have happened if I did this, if I had this idea and all of a sudden someone else has it. So, cause there's a lot of people out here that said, Oh, I wish 
I could have, I know I've always wanted to start an indoor batting cage, but I didn't know where to start or I didn't have the money or, you know what? We didn't have the money either. I couldn't get a loan because I was on sick leave. Everything's out of pocket. So my parents chipped in, you know, my boyfriend chipped in, you know, so take the risk because it, you, don't, you never know what the outcome will be. I love that. That's a great way to end. Thank you so much, Kelly. Um, you're quite an inspiration. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and leave a review. It really helps others find us. Clearing a New Path podcast artwork is supported by the graphic design of Katie Wilhelm, and the music branding is by Imagine Dev Studios. The podcast is produced by Radar Media in Temp Centre, Ontario. It is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and neutral peoples who once used this land as their traditional beaver hunting grounds. The First Nations communities closest to this studio are Chippewa of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, Muncie, Delaware First Nation, and the Chippewas of Kettle and Stony Point. We will speak to many people across Turtle Island, and as a settler here, I'm committed to deepening understanding of Indigenous communities and reframing responsibilities to land and community. I am grateful to Mother Earth for the opportunity for love and connection, and to the spirits of the elders and the medicine people who still walk the earth. Until next time.